They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen the video, Mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film. And welcome back to another episode of Doing the Nasty Podcast. This is season number two, episode number 24. We did it. We got this episode recorded before the end of the year. We're back on track. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that song goes. And joining me as always on uh, this uh, this whole season of Doing the Nasty is my long-suffering cohort. It is Mark Ball. How's it going? Hello, doing the nasty listeners. Happy holidays. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, except for people that have different calendars and shit. Uh, yeah, dude. I, I was thinking this morning. It's fucking wild that this is the end of year two of season two of doing the nasty. Oh, it's yeah. fucking flown in. I don't know where where the fucking time goes, but uh, yeah, we, we've been doing this for two years now, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm I'm a little sad that. I th- think year three is gonna be the last year of this guy because we'll be wrapping up the uh tier three list it's the last full year but believe it or not the show actually finishes i believe it's may 2023 so we've got about Ah, a year and a half left about a year and a half and i took a look at that list one more time and i would say maybe some of the worst movies are still to come so (laughs) and that's included at least one of the movies on this particular episode which oh dear god almighty there is a scene uh, there is a literal scene where there is a penis in a woman's mouth and i'm talking about a real penis like she <laughs> she gobbles that dick and then the camera goes around behind her and she's fully undressed and i could see what she had for breakfast so <laughs> like right up that snatch i was like yeah. dear god oh dear god it's the first time i actually We'll get to it because it's the first movie we're going to talk about. But there was a point where I was like, "That how is this a tier three movie?" <laughs> like, yeah, no shit. Like this is this is tier two, easily potentially tier one. I like I just it kind of blew my mind. Like just the level of kind of nudity, sex, and rape was. They were like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, 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 I'm actually starting to think that some of those censors got lazy." Uh, <laughs> like, no, just I, I was just thinking that like they uh they had already put together the tier one and tier two lists and then this one somehow fucking flew under the radar and they're like oh well shit i mean we gotta put it on one of the lists so i guess we'll put it on tier three but uh yeah i made i made the comment on twitter after i got done watching this last night where i was like i think i got tricked into watching porn for the show this is, this is two-thirds of a por- pornographic fucking and not not in a good way, not not in a sexy way. This is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to kink shame anyone. If you stroked it while watching that, good for you. All I'm going to say is if you if you did it in real life without consent, then go to jail. That's what I say. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like I, I, I did like there's like like because we're obviously we're we're kids of the internet age now, and uh, that we grew up obviously before like the internet, but we were at kind of. Without, without throwing you under the bus here, Mark, uh, we did we did mature as uh, people that masturbate around the time 
uh, that the internet started giving us the option of being able to look up things as opposed to yep. having to like steal magazines from your parent. Um, so like, like uh, so I'm, but my, the messages are all confused now. Like, see in a movie, if I see a woman start to suck on a man's dick, I feel like my dick should be in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what must like what what is the appropriate action here is it to stay in my trousers I, I don't i literally don't know what i should be doing right now this is awkward um yeah it's kind of like a way where i don't know if you guys like i don't know well, i was gonna say you guys i don't know if you had like the same thing growing up but if i watched a film with my with my mum in the room uh, even like as a kid and someone like like a guy and a woman started kissing on screen i got incredibly uncomfortable yes that. Well, that's the same feeling I had when there was like full blown sex happening on the screen, and I was sitting fully clothed. I was just like, "What am I doing here?" <laughs> it's like I, I don't I'm know, so I'm, confused. Like everything is wrong here. Uh, yeah, like I suppose we should address this. The two movies we're covering in this episode. Uh, first one is Escape from Hell, aka fucking Hell on Earth or Hell's Prison or I don't have a clue um, and the second movie we're discussing uh, is a little movie called Martin um, which is done by this lesser known director called George A. Romero who made this movie right before he made Dawn of the Dead another movie that didn't do anything at all um, so like you know I mean? it's just like the, we couldn't have picked two more well I see the internet couldn't have randomly selected two more different films if it fucking tried for this episode. And as a result, my brain just didn't want to cooperate at all. Um, they're, they're both sexually charged movies, but in two very, very <laughs> different ways. Yeah. Sexually charged movies. One in the hands of an auteur and the other one in the hands of a pervert. Uh-huh. Like, 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 I get a feeling the director of Escape from Hell just liked the idea of watching women shower because there's about seven scenes in this movie where like cleanliness on set must have been at a high but there's just a whole lot of like showering scenes and I'm like, mm. like <laughs> why, why are we doing this again oh that's right because of the director um so yeah well, we're gonna get into these two like i say two very different movies very much looking forward to the conversation but as you noted this is the last episode of 2021 so before we swing into our reviews proper i suppose it's i suppose it's courtesy and custom on the show to ask you how you're doing i uh, i'm doing i'm doing well it's uh it's the end of the year where work's kind of winding down until january where it gets fucking balls to the wall uh this is usually comfort comfort food movie watching time for for me like i, I go back and watch you know star wars and marvel movies and, and Lord escape of the to Rings. hell yeah escape, from escape hell. to hell yeah, 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 yeah that, that one yeah. snuck in there that, that's the opposite <laughs> that's a, that's a discomfort watch <laughs> Uh, it's never in the rotation. I, I got yeah. I, I know what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's a weird weird. I don't know. This is another weird year. We're we're heading right back into another fucking COVID explosion. This will yeah. be the podcast that got me through COVID in a lot of ways because I mean I haven't been going to concerts or mm-hmm. doing you know f- fun stuff like I usually would be doing. So I've spent a vast majority of my free time the last two years uh, watching shitloads of movies at home and occasionally sneaking out to the theater or whatnot but uh yeah weird weird just strange times uh so uh, uh i don't know we're, we're ending another year on kind of a melancholy note where i'm like well things aren't perfect i mean i'm i'm still alive i you know i've, I've things could be a hell of a lot worse but uh yeah i i, I hope uh, 
third year in a row saying this i hope fucking 2022 is better than the previous two years <laughs> i have a lot of faith but maybe i'd like i i kind of feel nowadays like when you ring in the new year you should be given like war paint like kind of random yes. headband to wear <laughs> like should be upgrading your armor and your your weapons and just ready to dive headfirst into battle because yeah, that's probably what it's gonna be it does it does feel like after like like the year before and this year particularly when the year finishes a big sign should pop up saying level three um you know what i mean like you're like all right oh good day um it's yeah it's been it's been an interesting one um i i realized and i i don't even think it was necessarily a conscious decision but i i went to loads of like cinema viewings what uh, August, September, October, and then the last movie I saw in the cinema was um, was the day before Halloween, I think. It was the 30th. And then I've not been... And it's not because there haven't been things at the cinema that I wanted to go and see. I just didn't go. Um, and there's been things, definitely there's things out just now that you know, I would go and see, and I'm just like... Uh, and then obviously this whole thing started sparking up again i was like yeah we're just gonna stay at home <laughs> like just for a yeah. wee while just ride this out we've done it before at this point it's yeah it's not as much i think it's more it's frustration more than anything else um oh i think everyone knows kind of what they have to do but it's just the frustration of having to do it again which is fine i mean you know you know, it's, it's like that way where you go for a shit and um, you wipe your ass and you're like, yep, and that's still dirty, that's still dirty, that's still dirty, that's still dirty, that's still dirty. What the fuck is going on? And, and, like, so that's, it's kind of where we are right now. This is the, the, the 15th shitty wipe. Um, and we're just praying that the next one comes back clean. Um, I don't know. My analogies are all over the fucking place. <laughs> and none of them feel comfortable. And they've, they've, they're all centered around the ass at the moment. And I don't know why. Uh, right. We, 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 have a, we have an interesting show ahead of you, ladies and gents. We're going to be discussing, like I said, Escape from Hell from 1980. Um, distributed by Trauma. <laughs> Oh no! Shit! This is a shame on you, Trauma. Shame on you. I think this is before Trauma. Like, I, like, I think if we work that, I think this is about the same. That like Trauma did. It was mostly just distribution and not filmmaking per se. Right. Like, um, yeah. I know they did like the original Mother's Day, but even then, I don't think that. I think that's a Trauma distributed film, and that's a movie uh, that was they, on the nasty They picked list. it up. Yeah, as opposed to one they made, and obviously they would do like mid eighties. You were starting to get all their. Uh, Toxic Avengers and uh, and all those things that became you know trauma movies. This is still on the point where they're just hawking any old sleazy smut for 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 shekels. So yeah, we're going to be doing Escape from Hell from 1980, and then we'll be following up with our final movie review of the year, Martin from 1976. So let us take each. I am curious to find out who does the intro for this. Like I'm usually, I'm, like the thing is, I'm I've been spot on a lot this year. But I'm like, I really want to hear like Stephen Thrower talk about Mad Fox. He's in there. I sat down. I was like, oh, it's Stephen Thrower, yay! Um, but I have no idea who is like. Kind of feels like this could be an Alan Jones effort, just because it's an Italian director. But I, it could be anyone. But I want to hear them talk about this movie and not mention sex. That could be fun. Uh, and then uh, you're going to hear the trailer for the movie. When we return, Mark Ball, we're discussing Escape from Hell right after this. This is Hell Prison. 
1980. Filmed by Edward G. Muller, which is a pseudonym for Eduardo Mulagia. It's a woman in prison film. And you've got a bevy of beauties stuck in the middle of a forest who are in this prison camp. It's an interesting little film on the basis of the fact that it, it has some philosophical points to make about whether people are savage, brutal, naughty because they are inherently bad, wrong and evil, or because it's because of society. Now, I seriously struggle to think of another film where by such points it's been made with so many boobs in the show. It's actually, it's one of these things you, you do end up after about five minutes thinking, out, one in the eye. And seeing how it was obviously kind of being marked for a male audience in the sense of you see various different types of girls. You've got the kind of pretty little femmes and you've got this kind of butch prison warden who used to be one of the prisoners herself. Do you see the kind of different types of women that you kind of think, yeah, people are gonna get, you know, excited about seeing that. It's actually in some ways quite a difficult film to watch because there is a lot of torture involved in it. You see, for example, one of the girls at one point, she's kind of strung up, you know, kind of Christ style. You actually feel her humiliation. The interesting thing in some ways as well is about the way that the music is used in it. We have a couple of instances where you actually have uh, diegetic music that's actually from within the scene being used. You see, uh, obviously, uh, situations where record players are used to contrast some quite beautiful classical music against the extreme violence. It has got some alternative titles. For example, Escape from Hell. It was re-released as Savage Island. It was basically a composition of this film and also Hotel Paradise, which was a companion piece, and it's important to note that both of these were shot back to back, so we have this splicing going on. This was done by Charles Band. He kind of recut it a bit and also added some new stuff with Linda Blair. Despite her involvement in it, she actually told the distributors that she was very concerned that the film be marketed on her back because, as far as she was concerned, she was just a little cameo role. However, the distributors, being the lovely guys they evidently were, completely ignored her. So, in the publicity stills, she was essentially shown as being dressed like Sheena with the most amazing high heels and a bloody great bazooka. And welcome back, ladies and gents. So we're talking about Escape from Hell from 1980, originally titled Feminine Infernale, which I think means in, you know, infernal females or female... Infernal. Women's hell, maybe. Potentially, yeah, women's hell. Um, I don't know, they all seem to be enjoying themselves. That's a lie. No one has enjoyed themselves in this movie at all. Uh, the movie stars Anthony Steffen, uh, Anita Wilson, Christina Lee. <laughs> uh, that's an unfortunate surname. Um, Sunita Lodetti, Luciano Pigazzotti, Serafino Profumo, uh, Mattia Nicolti. <laughs> I have no idea. Bunch of sweaty Italians. A lot of sweaty Italians. And the Italians aren't meant for the jungle, Mark. They aren't meant for the jungle. Um, <laughs> this is all wrong. Uh, the synopsis for this movie is a woman's prison camp is located deep in the tropical rainforest because obviously that's where you would put a women's prisoner camp. Uh, sadistic guards and a warden from hell make life almost unbearable for the inmates. Any almost unbearable almost. was there a part of this that was bearable i mean the, show, the showers i mean the, the i old, guess yeah the showers look good um as as he as a viewer the showers were good mark and yeah. any, inf any infraction of the rules is dealt with swiftly and savagely the camp doctor now that is the doctor of the camp and not a, like a hi i'm the doctor <laughs> like the, the camp doctor is horrified at what he sees happening and drinks heavily to push 
the horror away. I don't think that's right, but we'll get to it. And to me, it just feels like he's an alcoholic and then he grows a conscience as opposed to he had a conscience which he's trying to uh, get through the day by drinking. I may be wrong. Uh, finally, the inmates have had enough. They've had enough. Or is this synopsis poorly written by Ed Sutton of edsutton at mindspring.com? Finally, the inmates have had had enough. Double had. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it cancels them out, so the sentence is now. They had, had, had had enough, but then they had just enough. Yep, this is had had enough. So two hads mean they cancel out, so the sentence is now just finally the inmates have enough. So there we are, which is poor English uh, and they enlist the help of a doc of the doctor to try and escape once again I think it's the doctor that initiates the escape and not the inmates but we're, we're gonna get to this in a second um oh wow uh like I knew like I knew when we joked about this what two weeks ago when we recorded it, it was gonna be kind of sexploitation and it was gonna be a bit kinky and a little bit filthy um and we knew it was gonna go that way and uh, then I sat down to watch it, and about 10 minutes in, I was like, this is porn. <laughs> like, I am watching a porno. Um, yep. And like I say, it's not often, and I, I keep coming back to this scene because you don't generally see this, even in sexploitation movies, you don't generally see a man's penis go inside a woman's mouth for obvious reasons. Um that's a step too far. Generally, their head would obscure it or their hair would obscure it or something. But no, no, no. You'd see a shaft get grabbed and a woman's head go over said shaft. Uh, granted, she doesn't do any movement, but that's that to me was quite shocking to see because you don't see that in movies. And we are all over women's bodies here uh, in terms of the camera work. And then on top of it, just the litany of things that happen in this movie surprised surprised me because once again this is tier three so you go and go right it's exploitation it's not gonna be that bad because it's tier three and there is multiple rapes in this there's a female crucifixion there is well, just murder in general of women like torture and mistreatment sex scenes naked showering um i don't think any animals per se are actually killed here i think it's just more um, just rubber toys after an explosion, but yeah, there's you know there's a, there's a lot of stuff that like kind of floored me a little bit, and that I really wasn't expecting this. And I just want to stress down: none of it is good. <laughs> like the sex scenes are not sexy. The you know the the rape scenes are poorly shot, very uncomfortable to watch. Um, the acting is fucking terrible in this absolutely terrible the movie like only decides that it's a kind of a great escape scenario about 15 minutes from the end and up yeah. to that point like it's just like here's another atrocity here's another atrocity and then like the last 15 minutes are like oh we need to finish this movie right uh, uh right escape yeah everyone want to escape right let's go um and then the whole escape thing is just fucking nonsense like, it's like, let's let's escape with all these women, but kill them all off, apart from two. Um, and the, the drunken doctor, he's going to die. Uh, a hero, question mark? I don't know if that's the case. Like, like it's just, it just all over the place. And then the last thing I mentioned before I hand this to you is two things that kind of broke my brain. One, the score in this is weird. Like, we're just using clips from, like, essentially classical songs that we're playing through here. And the dubbing. The sound design on the dubbing is fucking awful. Like, absolutely awful. To the point where there's the... Did, did you see that there's only one female prisoner guard? 
And right. Beth, yep. Yeah, did you hear her voice? Yeah, she says she talks like uh, uh, like a, like a like an extra on like a Peanuts cartoon or something. She or like Oscar the Grouch or something. I'm not really sure how to describe it, but it's it's extremely cartoony. Yeah, and it's, it totally does not match what she looks like at all. Like even a no. little bit on her actions, she's like she's shouting that one bit, and the voice is all like colorful and happy. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, what what are we actually doing here? Um, yeah, uh, how, how did you <laughs> masturbation aside, how did you get on with Escape from Hell? Uh, I also was felt kind of blindsided by how extreme this movie was. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about it like on the last episode, and we, we were like, oh, it's gonna be a, a sweaty women in prison movie. Which, uh, women in prison movies is a weird little exploitation subgenre that I'm not super familiar with because I don't <laughs> get off on. Uh, women being tortured so much, maybe, maybe maybe to a degree, but not so much in these kind of settings, and uh, definitely not with like all the uh, massive amounts of like seventies bush and dudes with fucking weird biker Nazi mustaches. And uh, if you ever want well, to go through that like tier one list to like basically kind of round out your knowledge of the nasties list, be be prepared for at least four or five on there but they have a, a, a particular spin on them that makes them even more like weird and awkward which is the nazi sexploitation movie right and like and there's a few of them on the list so uh yeah so like well, but the thing is though they're not as they're graphic but they're not as like just right up porn as this like from those ones i saw on the tier one list none of them have i mean they have sex scenes but like I say, they focus on the female anatomy and not on the males because that's how directors did things. But like, like there's a there's an attention paid here to like like show you like everything except the dick going in, which I just wasn't expecting at all, and it was weirdly off-putting. Um, and I want to stress that is when I say off-putting, Mark. I don't mean I was like, yeah, take it off, take it off. And then I was like, oh no, there's a dick on the screen. I wasn't like that, not like that. But what I mean is just like. You don't. I. You have a an inbuilt idea of how things will go or how scenes will play out, and when something goes beyond that, um, it's it's quite shocking. Even if the subject matter itself, it's more a shock to the system that it did something unexpected, as opposed to the shock of seeing something. So, that right. makes sense. Well, and there there was a lot of focus on on yeah female nudity and uh, sexual things happening to females in this, but it's just like the circumstances around it, and then you kind of have to start to wonder like, did the actresses that signed up for this know what they were getting themselves into, and how how were things? I mean, this is definitely looking at this through twenty twenty one eyes. Like, yeah. I mean, back then. Uh, we talk about like movies that are shot in the Philippines and stuff a lot where like life is cheap and like actors and crew members are probably horribly abused on a lot of these movies. And, yeah, that, that's kind of where my brain goes watching something like this. And it definitely just nukes any sense of like sexiness or like that this would be a movie that you'd take like a, a girl that you're trying to get with to like this yeah. is this is the opposite like she's if you did that nowadays she's gonna get a fucking restraining order on you and think you're a psychopath yeah uh, but it's, it's one step further than that so you've got um like in this movie that the, one of the survivors is one of the surviving women is played by anita wilson who is transsexual like she she went through she went through the operation um in the 70s so before this movie was made so it's transitioned from from male to female and um 
like her career is all these sorts of movies like it's movies like wait for it wait for it you, you, you ready it's movies like um hotel paradise and hellhole women and erotic passion and passionate lovers and uh, beach girls and hell behind the bars and you know like just like a litany of clearly clearly smut movies so I, I get the feeling that the actresses probably did know what they were signing up for, but still, like, is I think it's more the goal that this would be released not as a porno. Yeah, right? this, uh, that, that was another thing I said yesterday. I was like, uh, this this belongs in the porno section. I can't. This is gonna be one of the very few times that I kind of side with the censors, and I'm like, this is not a movie that should have been fucking rented to people under the age of 18. Yeah. Sweet fucking Christ! Can you imagine picking this up at the video store? The clerk is just like, eh, whatever, take rent whatever you want. You're you're a fucking kid. You'll you'll figure it out on your own kind of deal. Yeah. And getting this home and fucking your parents like walking in, seeing yeah. you watch something like this, they they would fucking beat the shit out of you or they'd fucking ban you from the video store or something like is, this is, is, that, uh, is that meme that you get where it's like the, the movie i'm watching where no one's around and it's like a girl picking daisies and then the one where someone walks into a room and it's like a scene of someone getting railed in this like like, yeah. <laughs> like it's always the most awkward scene and this movie is just a highlight reel of that yeah it's it, it's two-thirds that and yeah. like I, I don't know really I, I sort of started to get on board with this and like you said the very last 15 minutes I thought that like if this would have been more like one third torture and it's rape and porno shitty. and two thirds cool escape through the jungle movie it would have been a lot better but it's it's definitely not that it ends extremely abruptly like yes. I think they just completely ran the fuck out of ideas by the time they got the no budget movie, so <laughs> it just it ends like everybody just dies and the girls yeah. float away on a fucking boat no no explanation roll credits yeah the, the only way this movie could have ended better because I'll be honest with you when it finished I signed relief that the movie was over but the only way it could have finished <laughs> better is if I don't know she found a python you know shaped it into a dildo and then railed the other surviving woman it's like <laughs> <laughs> like I'm surprised he didn't, like, because it did feel like you know, all right, they, that we have two female survivors, all the prison guards are dead, they should make out now, and the movie doesn't do that, and I kind of, I kind of felt like either, either you know, we just ran out of time here, um, or we thought maybe that was one step too far. Who the fuck knows? Um, or there's that there was a missed opportunity, or maybe I should be directing smut in a jungle. Um, <laughs> potentially, because that's where I was going with it. But yeah, you know, it, it does like the whole, like your movie is called Escape from Hell or whatever that was one of five names that is called, right? The, the title there says Escape, right? So what we do is, like you say, we set up the first third of the movies, all the fucking awful shit, right? It's a hard sell and you have to get through it all. But then we start planning the escape about 30 minutes, 40 minutes into the movie. That's how you do yeah. it. But the escape doesn't really ha like, even get planned. It's not even planned about. Like, the Doctor just decides one day he's going to help them. And that's that's about the expositional, like, element here. I'm going to help you escape. Oh, that's great. Let's do this. Um, and then... And they're, it's like, they're, it's their whole escape plan... <laughs> their, their whole escape plan, I gotta just remember, too, is, like, so fucking ludicrous. Yeah. Like, the Doctor basically... Uh, gives them like Ipecac or something to make them feel like yes. seem like they're super sick. And the whole thing 
kind of like it depends on the fact that the new warden is a germaphobe they set He's that up told, and it's back. such a weird a weird detail to anti like wears gloves throughout the entire movie in white he wears white and these white gloves because he's a complete germaphobe. And I was like, that's a strange... Like, but the thing is, it's Chekhov's germaphobe, isn't it? Because like they pay it off. It's a weird detail to put in, but at least they pay it off in the most stupid way ever. All right? he's, yeah. a, he's a germaphobe, but like, if I'm sending all the girls out of the camp for whatever reason, I'm sending some guards along with them. Yeah, not the doctor that you already kind of don't trust and know like isn't, <laughs> isn't down with your horrible torture and uh, way way you're treating the the prisoners, but Plus yeah, he's it's, the it's... only doctor. Like, if that illness stays in the camp, you need your fucking doctor there. Yep. Yeah. Speaking. Of, yeah. Speaking of things from 2021 eyes, it's like, how did they know that not the rest of the camp was already infected yeah. with this made up phony baloney disease? It's like, yeah, yeah it's, it's such a fucking <laughs> a weird, weird. Like, I, I was just baffled by that whole fucking thing and. Yeah, the the whole thing is it's it's a lot a lot of work to get through for like almost no fucking payoff. Like yeah. this is this is this is a fucking slog to get through, and uh, I, I I cannot in good conscience recommend this to people. We oh we, god I think no we both, no 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 not, both, not if you want we to both had it. to dig pretty deep even to just find this fucking movie. We watched this on like the dodgiest fucking movie yeah. website that I, I've seen because this is streaming nowhere. Yeah, at least well, not in the states. You, it's, you, know, it's it's a, you know it's a dodgy website when the advertisement panels above and below are just like want to fuck me tonight <laughs> like, <and it's> just <laughs> want to grow your dick three sizes <laughs> it's a picture of a dick yeah well want to play a, a, my new favorite ad that pops up now is uh want to play it's like a computer game want to play a computer game that makes you come in 20 seconds and i'm like <laughs> who wants to come in 20 seconds like that's surely i mean there's, there's no time to enjoy anything if like, that's like what I've, I've set aside at least 10 minutes to fap, like, I, you know, like. <laughs> but that's, it's like, those are the ads above and below. And I'm like, yeah, this is, the, this is yeah, this is apt for, for the movie I'm watching, but at the same time, I shouldn't be on this website. It's it's where it belongs. And this is the opposite of, like, uh, Mad Foxes, like, where we were talking yeah. last month, if they put out a $100 Blu-ray, both of us would buy the oh, fucking heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if they put out a $5 dvd of fucking this movie uh I, I i would not only not buy it but i would shame my friends if they bought it and be like that's that goes in the the, the closet with the rest of the fucking dad movies the fucking smut the yeah. porn that doesn't belong with the good movies i don't think this will ever like because it's never been released in the uk after it had a limited i did a bit of research on this i got a limited vhs run early 90s and it's never been released in the UK since it's never made it into DVD or Blu-ray or whatever it never will over here uh, for will. once this, this is one that I'm okay chance. with uh, <laughs> America being under different standards is more likely to receive an American release than it is to get a UK release because if they did I believe there's about 3 minutes of cuts to the that VHS version so the, the BBFC at the time were like, like you need to take at least 3 minutes of this movie out um, which feels light. <laughs> like, I, like, I can't imagine what they what they must have cut. I mean, it must have just been like just vagina lips, like on the entire yeah. fucking screen. Because they, they do kind of sexual violence. Like that is the BB the BBFC over here have a weird thing where they're relatively okay with nudity. Like because you can you can slap an eighteen on that and say nudity, um, and that's a warning. But see, sexual violence is like a no no. Um, yeah. so like you can see someone get like 
like their bills taken out but if you cut a nipple your movie's banned and that's that's right. the hypocrisy of it like it's, it's so 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 strange um but yeah it's not unlike it's unlikely to get a release and i'm like you i'm a i'm a bit of a completist if uh, a nasty movie gets released unless it's one that i genuinely despise i tend to buy them you know i tend to pick them up because it's another movie that i can throw on the pile of movies that are at one point unavailable uh, without a policeman chapping your door and taking you away um but i right. I, I don't know like at this point I, I i don't know why anyone would want to own this <laughs> like it's it's not a, well the thing is it, it doesn't even have that campy it's not it's not good but it's entertaining factor it's just not entertaining it's just kind of skeevy yeah it's just kind of yucky you know what I mean? it's like it's a gross movie like to watch and it made me appreciate porno movies that where you know, the plumber comes in and does fix the washer dryer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like before he leaves it, before he leaves it. Yes, he'll, he's going to rail your stepmom while he's in there, but when he, when he finishes railing her, he's going to fix that washer dryer and then leave. Job yep, done. Problem solved. Everybody's happy. Everybody yep. busts a nut. Yeah. Everyone goes home. Everyone's smiling. Uh, so it did make me, uh, this movie made me appreciate the skill and craft and something like that. Uh, but as a movie, yeah, it's, I would never recommend uh, I, I don't think, unless you are on a mission to find every kind of sexploitation movie ever, then yeah, maybe watch this one. But yeah, like out with that. Even on the, even even tier three completists, I know it's difficult to hear someone say skip over it, but there really isn't much merit here at all. Um, and it is like as 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 kind of as gross as you think this movie is, and with gross I mean sweaty old men filming young women fingering themselves. That that kind of level of gross, as gross as you think it is, it's kind of more gross. So. Um, which makes the, the like I was thinking about this like grade wise where the fuck did I come in with this because it, none of it is done well right so like when I watch like a last house on the left right that is that that is that stays with me if I watch I, I spit in your grave that stays with me none of the rape scenes are done particularly well and it has graphic sex in it for sure and torture but even the torture scenes are pretty shit um, that I, ca I can't in good conscience, even though I feel this is one merited for one of the, the higher tier lists, I can't say this is hard thing. So I'm, I'm probably going to come in with community service for this one, the second highest grade, taking into account that the, the, the highest grade is hard time, second highest grade is community service, third one is slap on the wrist, and fourth one is case dismissed. I'm probably going to give it some community service because, um, yeah, as smutty as it does get, it's just not very good at anything. Like, I can't imagine anyone watching this and going, that, oh, they murdered a woman. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't see that, you know, oh, that snake really died. Uh, which is there's a hilarious scene. I bet pissed myself off. <laughs> when this, like, the woman's in the mud, up to her, up to her neck, uh, or, yeah, just up past her tits. She's been put there as punishment. And this supposed kind of python or anaconda maybe comes towards her. And the assumption is that the snake has ate her. And in the next scene, this clearly skinny snake, like if I ate a human, the human would be inside it. But this clearly <laughs> it's like a garden snake. Yeah, this clearly skinny snake just like goes away. And the assumption is it's there. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Like if a, snake, <laughs> if a snake eats an animal, it goes in the shape of the animal and then it's digested and it doesn't fucking move until it spits the bones out. Um, but God bless him for thinking that was going to be something that anyone believed in. And what, what, like, what, what grade are you giving Escape from Hell? Oh man, 
I'm super tempted to give this hard time, which is ironic because <laughs> this is a women in prison movie. Uh, I, thought, I thought you were going hard as in like dick hard, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> no, no. This is uh, be a so soft time movie in this, this case. <laughs> soft time movie. That's the worst fucking. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this is. Uh, there, there are no fucking ideas behind this. This no. is some sweaty italian dudes rape fantasies put on film and yeah. when, I, when i think about it like that i'm like yeah this is uh this is the kind of stuff that i kind of dread watching for this show like and i got absolutely no fucking pleasure out of this movie like it it like and, and like, you were talking about like the scene where the chick gets like buried up to her neck or whatever i almost think that's like about as close as this movie gets to doing something like kind of interesting yeah and the rest of it is just fucking smut and torture and sweatiness and like uh there's just there's no excuse for it other than that yeah this is some fucking weirdos fucking perverted rape fantasies like i yeah. don't and I, like I said, I'm not. I'm not trying to kink shame people. I'm sure 99% of this was consensual and like on the up and up. But uh, I, this isn't something I seek out, like wanting to see, like in any other circumstances, like at all. Like even even when it's 10 minutes alone, fap time. This is uh, this is about 10 steps too fucking far for me. So I, I'm, I think I'm giving this fucker hard time. Honestly. I, yeah, I, I think I'm throwing throwing the book at this one because yeah, this is and and again like p putting yourself in the mind of a censor back in the '80s, like I, I was genuinely like really grossed out and you know, appalled like at the idea of somebody not 18 renting this because yeah. this is a fucking pornographic fucking movie two thirds of the way through. So uh, yeah, this is uh, you, you're going away for a little bit hell hell women prison whatever the fuck you're called. Uh, you you know what you did and uh, yeah you you just maybe it's not getting like a like a life sentence or anything but uh, yeah it, it needs to it needs to go away for a little while and think about what it's done in a fucking uh, in a room with bars on the fucking door. And needs to be put in a jungle prison camp. Um, yep. I'm glad that we've come to that. Uh, right, um, that, <laughs> that's Escape from Hell. We're spending no more time talking about this stuff. Uh, instead, we're going to turn our attention to, I mean, arguably a forgotten classic. Um, which w one of the one of the best fucking movies that's come up on the tier three list. I'll go ahead and say that right. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like R Romero has a few movies on the tier three list, and all of them are fucking awesome and this one here uh like i still think is underseen but not until next year when that uh, second sight like 4k blu-ray and all the versions they're going to be putting out of this movie comes out and then i expect to see the internet awash with uh has anyone ever seen martin before this movie kicks ass you know and all those horror sites <laughs> and like that and like you know, like those ones that give me the eye twitch. Like when I, right. like that's why I don't follow any horror groups anymore because there's always, and like, right, there's normies out there that just don't follow it. But for people like that, has anyone seen this little gem called The Exorcist? And I'm like, fuck off and die. <laughs> Fucking prick. Uh, right, we're going to take a short break. You're going to hear learned folk speaking about Martin. I imagine Kim Newman. This feels like a Kim Newman. Um, and then, yes, you'll hear the trailer for Martin when we return it myself and Mark. We'll be discussing Martin right after this. George Romero's favourite film and the one he thinks is the best directed is Martin on Hello Video. Um, 
$29.95. Look at the price of this. Can you believe we actually paid that amount of money for these things? Especially with quotes saying how fantastically gruesome it is that aren't attributed to anybody, which was, of course, a typical video trick from the time. This is the first production of George's with Richard Rubenstein, who would go on to do many, many movies. And it was based on um, a newspaper story that he saw about a serial killer drinking people's blood out of a goblet. And he thought this is a really interesting way of exploring vampirism in a contemporary context. So that's why you get lead actor John Amplis. Um, is he a vampire? Isn't he? You don't really know. And it's that ambiguity that a lot of critics took note of at the time, because this is a superbly made movie. And a lot of the flashbacks um, while he's indulging in his little syringe theatrics were in black and white because of the gothic universal flavour that George wanted to bring to it. In fact, there was an original plan to shoot the whole film in black and white, but of course, back then, as of now, that didn't seem like a very good commercial prospect. John Amplis was chosen by Romero when he saw him in a play where he played a Christian persecuted by Romans, and he felt that if he could do that well and pull it off, he could certainly pull off what is about uh, illusion versus reality, really, with a bit of uh, uh, the whole... What did George call it? He called it the curse of Nosferatu. He never mentioned vampires. I actually met George on Martin for the very first time, um, and he was very erudite, very, very you know, keen to put across uh, what he felt with this subtext in this movie. And it is very graphic, one of the reasons why, obviously, people thought that uh, it was on the Video Nasties list. This was Tom Savini's very first collaboration with Romero, and I think they got on so well that it led to their previous work together. Um, all in all, I think this is a pretty uh, amazing film. Um, I'm glad it was on the Video Nasties list. It probably meant more people actually got to see it. I mean, three things to note about this movie that you probably don't know. Although it was made in 1977, Investors didn't break even with the movie until 1983. When it was shown in Italy, of course, uh, it actually had a Goblin score and it was recut to that. And Christine Forrest, who's one of the stars of the movie, ended up being Mrs. George Romero just after. My name is Martin. I'm 84 years old. People think I'm crazy when I tell them how old I am. I'd like to be normal. I just have a sickness. The only way I can survive is by drinking blood. It's not easy living the way I do. I have to be careful all the time. But I'm pretty good at it. I think as I get older, I get better. I haven't been caught yet. Martin, another kind of terror. what's wrong they think that i'm a monster they think i'm a vampire people don't realize that those things i see in the movies are not real i don't have a whole lot of women to watch them. I watch them a lot, all the time. I have to, to be sure that nothing goes wrong. I follow them. I plan. I'm very careful. I 
have needles now. I can use them. I can put them to sleep. And it doesn't hurt. <laughs> Another kind of terror. I would like to be like everyone else. I have to do things that I don't necessarily like to do. But I want to stay alive. I do need blood. From the director of Night of the Living Dead. And welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Martin from 1976. Uh, this one written and directed by the late great master of horror, George E. Romero. The movie stars John Amplis, Lincoln Mazel, Christine Forrest, uh, Elaine Nadeau, Tom Savini, Sarah Venable, uh, Francine Middleton, Roger Kane. It's gotta be Kane! Sorry. <laughs> Read it and then I just I go off one. Uh, Georgie Rivero, James Roy, uh, and some other folks in here for sure. Synopsis for this one is listed on IMDb. Is a young man who believes himself to be a vampire goes to live with his elderly and hostile cousin in a small Pennsylvania town. It's Pennsylvania because it's Romero, uh, where he tries to redeem his blood craving urges. Um. I'll give you I'll give you a, one of these little weird factoids about Martin. Uh, the first time I ever saw Martin was um, I got the the original Arrow release for this way back. <sighs> I'd not long been podcasting, so like twenty thirteen, and uh, I watched the wrong cut of the movie. So did have you ever seen the original cut for this? Uh, no, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, dude. <laughs> Wait, and I shit you not. This is a real thing, and I don't want you to laugh, right? You keep a straight face. Argento did a cut of this movie for the purely the Italian market called Vampire. Huh. Um, which is it's basically a more a to B to C version of this movie, so it, it extracts all of the time jumping around and it kind of orders it in a more linear fashion, but also has goblin score in the entire movie. So okay, that part um, may be kind of on board. Although I do really like the music in the American cut of yeah. this. Uh, this uh, goblin soundtrack uh, might be one of the only ways you could improve on yeah. this yeah. So. And like I, to be honest like the Argento cut is like a surprisingly good version um, like a really really good version but then I'm the sort of guy that goes around talking about how much they enjoy the Argento cut of Dawn of the Dead I really enjoy that as well I, I, I think <clears throat> like, there's just something about the way he structures it that I find it really interesting that being said um, um, the original cut is the better cut um, like I like the like, like Romero the way he jumps around, the way he implies things in this one is less direct as the Argento cut, and as a result, it's just, to me, it's a more interesting movie. Well, there isn't much to glean from the Argento version of this. It is very kind of A to B to C, whereas in the in the in Romero original cut, to me, there's just a lot more kind of shades of grey that you can actually start to question what's going on, you know, how things are happening. I'll tell you the one thing about Martin um, that... Is that I can equate to Escape from Hell, uh, and the only thing I can equate to it's a very voyeuristic movie, and I don't mean that as in 
look at all the tits. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that at all. I mean, it's a movie that very much puts the audience in the eye of the, you know, and the eyes, perceptions, and feelings of the antagonist. Like, so in Escape from Hell, you're seeing all these women be raped by all these officers and them showering. And while you're seeing them showering, you're basically, that's because you're in the position of the guards. You're glaring at them. You're ogling them while they're showering, right? And this movie here, because the way Martin is portrayed as a character, like when he's like stalking or hunting or anything else, very much like a, like a good slasher movie, it has a, a, you know, you become a voyeur while you're, you know, watching it. But there's something about the way Romero, specifically his movies in the 70s, there's something about the way he films that makes it just kind of unsettling to watch. If you know right. what I mean? As his cinematography, well, that's, that... as, I, I just, to me, it's what makes it so interesting, it's what adds the jubilee to it. So I don't know if you it's get also that. It's also a huge, hu- well, yeah, totally. And it's it's also such a huge character trait of Martin is that like yeah. he is not super verbal, which is kind of like why the one woman likes him. He just sits there like a cat fucking watching with these eyes and yeah. listening. But yeah, he, he spends a good lot of this movie just like observing people. And it's, yeah, we, we kind of become like, yeah, like you said, we, 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 we're in the position of like of Martin where we're just watching these people and like uh, Martin like doesn't, <clears throat> he has lots of stuff to do in this movie, but like, I think that's uh, like, that's also kind of why i like this cut is because it takes a sweet time and it shows the characters like doing their everyday stuff kind of and how you know we 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 get a lot of characterization just by watching people and not like them telling them like oh i'm i'm a sad depressed housewife or i'm i'm your cousin and i'm in a bad relationship it's all (laughs) kind of like martin observing these things uh yeah i think that's a that's a really interesting choice and really puts you in in the, the the shoes of the character kind of yeah, I think it's the first, like, to me anyway, it's the first really, really interesting examination of how the 70s would change, like, classic horror characters. If you know what I mean? Like, so, like, the vampire, like, up until, like, about two, three years before this movie, Christopher Lee's still making Hammer Dracula movies. Right. You know what I mean? But he's like, aha, I am the count. Aha. You know, like, he's like, just like, still wearing all the goofy makeup and all the rest. And that's like, it's how things, I think, like Dracula 1972 AD or whatever it is, had come out like early 70s. And like, we're in the kind of, we've had Blackula's been out by this point, which is, you know, obviously black exploitation version of the, the kind of classic Dracula story as well. So we've done all these things. And what what's really interesting about it is like, like this is Romero's first like proper stab uh like doing one of these classic horror entities out with zombies um and I love the the fact that he kind of links it to like a real disorder like the the I mean you'll have to look at someone like um like Richard Chase who's a serial killer in the 70s um you know who, who thought he was a vampire um and you know like murder people to drink their blood and killed animals to drink their blood uh, and it was a real it's a real fucking thing um and i love the the way that what he does is in this story is he introduces you to a character who i mean believes he's in his 80s you know like believes like has these flashbacks to to and i i love the way they're shot as well because it gives us a flair for something you never really got to see from 
from Romero is this idea of how you could direct something kind of gothic looking. And it's really, 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 really well done. Um, I mean, out with something like Two Evil Eyes, where he does... Um, I can't remember the name of the one that he does in Two Evil Eyes, but he does a kind of Poe um, adaptation, and it's the you know it's kind of set up the same way, uh, with, with this kind of... Uh, not overtly gothic tone, but it has that in there. But then, also, like, just... Like, the movie at no point feels the need to say he is or he isn't. And you're kind of left with yeah. a really interesting character study about someone who could be <laughs> like if like if you if your if your head's like grounded in the supernatural world and you know those weird and spooky things out there, Mark, then maybe he is. And this is maybe a more realistic interpretation of what a vampire is. Or this is a character who like has he like a, a severe mental health issue that is you know is going completely untreated and. It's only ever going to get worse, and it's led to where we are now. And either way, it's an infinitely fascinating, like, story. I think it's, I think it's one of these things where, like, even watching it this time around, um, like, the influence of Martin, I think, looms large over basically how we do things from, like, you've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think, is always the starting pistol for, right, horror's completely different now. <laughs> you know, like, we're not doing the goofy shit anymore. We're doing stuff that's grounded in realism, and then you move only two years removed from that, and you're getting Martin, which kind of feels like the answer to that. Like, yeah. like I, I completely understand what you're doing here, right? Let's try it with, with, with something else. Like, we're taking it away from cannibals now, and we're moving it into the world of the vampires and as a result i think it makes it very interesting my favorite i've said it before like some of my favorite like movies that deal with vampirism ever are the ones that deal with it where there is that dubiety as to whether or not it's actually a real thing or whether or not they or they take it as a character piece aside so instead of i am the count it's like well you know like a movie like only lovers left alive where it's like that how would it feel to be or kiss of the damned you know it seems great to be like you know this immortal killing machine but how like how would you live your life doing that and at what point would you just want it to end um or a movie like byzantium or let the right one in you know where we start taking things like to a different side and then obviously the most modern version of this is the transgression um a transfiguration, sorry, uh, not transgression. A transfiguration, which is basically Martin, but it's it's kind of set in a ghetto, and it's a great movie, and it came out a couple of years ago. But I I, I understand why this one is not a success for Romero. One, it's Romero, um, and I, like the guy had the worst hand with distributors ever, like like yeah. like, like constantly. You know, like you imagine a world where like Romero's movies were properly distributed and he actually got paid the money he fucking deserved from them how different the horror landscape would look um it just be like I, I can't I can't imagine I'll tell you one thing we would have far less of the living dead shitty horror movies out there you know where people can just use that in anything um but the other thing is I was thinking about was like you've got that aspect of it but also this movie is two steps away from being an art house movie. This feels like an art house movie. It's a you know a strict character assessment of someone who may or may not be a vampire, and I yeah. think that's a hard sell for audiences who have spent years watching movies where it's oh well you're clearly a vampire. Look, you've got fangs, and now you're expect me to walk right where well, you've got syringes and razors and 
what, what is this movie? And I think that's always going to be a hard sell. So yeah, it's a, it's a little too heady for the like drive-in and exploitation crowd. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that takes that. You know, to me, is that that hits. I'd like a, a side where this movie is always going to play great with me because I, I like movies that do, I like big character studies I like movies that have a kind of woozy art house aesthetic I like I like movies that make me question what I've seen and you know, like kind of go over and over in my head after I've seen it but a lot of people who pay for a movie about a vampire just want to see a fucking vampire so um, I, like it, it, it upsets me but at the same point like I said before like next year be, be, fully expect everyone to fall in love with this movie like just i expect to see my timeline awash with people that buy martin for the first time maybe sit down and watch it and just marvel over like how great romero actually was as a filmmaker because the assumption is the guy could and it was the assumption mostly portrayed by studios the guy could only make movies about zombies and that's because yeah. towards the end that was all they'd finance him to do so Kind of yeah, <laughs> I think that I think this is probably George's best movie outside of the original three Living Dead movies. Mm. Like, I, I think this has like the most going on and like the most to say. I think like I I, I was just like sitting watching this last night. It, it had been a couple of years. Uh, I, I I had a DVD copy of this way the hell back in the day. I bet that DVD goes for big bucks nowadays, or at least <laughs> yeah. it will until the. Uh, second sight uh release comes out because yeah this was kind of largely unavailable for a really long time i actually watched like kind of a not great looking but like okayish looking rip of this on youtube and yeah. uh like um so yeah I, I i think there's a lot of people still waiting to kind of rediscover or just flat out discover this movie because it, it just, just was so unavailable for a long time but yeah man this i love this movie so much it's it's like so many things like i think it's genuinely pretty scary in a few mm. scenes especially the like it's it's like one of the earliest like i think like really proper like home invasion kind of scenes which yeah. that's that's a, that's a subgenre that kind of drives me crazy just because it's been so <laughs> run into the ground in the last like 20 years or so but uh this one does it really well and it's really scary and i love the fact that it never about the closest i think we ever get to it being like spelled out for the audience is when um his martin's two cousins are talking when he's like not in the room and uh christine forrest who's actually that's george romero's first wife she's uh absolutely adorable in this movie and like you do you don't want anything bad to happen to her because she's she's um, amazing and like she she feels bad for martin but she has a line where she's like he's he's clearly mad and you and this bullshit like vampire stuff is what's driven him mad yeah and that's about as close as we get to his, like what it's you know spelling out to the audience what's really going on here and other than that they don't ever really say like yeah he's definitely not a vampire definitely is um and i i love that uh there's this movie definitely has a lot to say about people's relationships particularly women's relationships mm -hmm. because almost every woman that he encounters in this movie has something like that kind of going on like there's uh his cousin who's like kind of in a relationship with tom savini uh she doesn't really like him and they spend a lot of the movie like arguing over the phone and shit and then like towards the end of the movie when she's getting ready to leave she has that like kind of heartbreaking 
line where she's like i i I don't really love fucking tom savini's character he's just a way for me to get out of this fucking shithole town and uh that that's kind of the end of that 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 speaks volumes to like kind of the way i think women were probably really treated back in the back of that that time period and like the uh yeah the 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 one that like in the, the big crazy house invasion scene like that that girl doesn't really get like a whole lot of characterization other than she's clearly in a relationship with a dude that she doesn't give a fuck about and she's cheating on him and has this other dude like coming over and yeah, that that fucking line like gives me chills where she's like you're not even supposed to be here and like that's what they're thinking about when there's a dude that's broken in their house and she's just like this just deep profound sadness to her which like even martin who is like a fairly morose like kind of melancholy character himself he feels bad for her and like he's he's the one that like he essentially loses his virginity quote unquote to uh and like yeah definitely the way her character turns out huge spoilers here hopefully you've seen this already (laughs) but if you haven't it's on youtube uh the scene where he like stumbles across her in the fucking bathtub and she's like slitter wrists and stuff and like this is kind of like the, the wind up to the climax of this movie uh that shit is fucking devastating <laughs> it's so sad because yeah you genuinely like really like this lady like we spent a lot of it she's yet another one of the like few like handful of characters that are like really genuinely nice to martin and treat him like you know mo- mostly treat him like a normal person i don't know she's she's kind of treating him like a sex object and like he's he's the, he's the younger hotter upgrade to her fucking awful husband that she doesn't really like and um so yeah, I, I think a lot of the, a lot of the more interesting parts of Martin aren't necessarily Martin himself. Like he, I think, is a fascinating, especially for the time, uh, version of a mo- like you know modern day version of a vampire or whatever. But the supporting cast in this is fucking fantastic too. Like they they all get like little little beats, and it just like builds to this like you know uh it, it just it builds the world around him, and like Pittsburgh itself is kind of a character. Like they they really make it look like shitty fucking like late 70s early 80s new york like there's like lots of shots of martin just walking up and down the street and he even though there's people around him like you just get such a sense of fucking loneliness and like these people are just like on their own out in the fucking concrete jungle and nobody's happy and everything kind of fucking sucks Mm -hmm. which I i don't know why that brings me such pleasure to watch, to <laughs> sit through a movie any any in in the hands of a less talented you know director and editor this would be a depressing as fucking hell movie but i just find this movie so fascinating i, I think romero's editing has a lot to do with that there are an insane amount of setups like very few scenes in this the camera like stays steady for very long like romero romero's uh, he he loved his quick edits and there are thousands of shot setups in this movie and like he he's such a fucking masterful editor that like you're, you're never really like that's why we talked a little on the last the, the last episode we talked a little bit about how they recently discovered like a close to three hour cut of this oh, movie yeah 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 i would totally watch i i, I love the idea of that i i wanted to spend more time in this world because i thought these characters were so fucking interesting I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. I, I definitely like if, if the, if Second Sight managed to put it out, 
um, which I'm kind of hoping they will now that it's been discovered because uh, you wouldn't have the definitive version if you don't have that so I'm kind of hoping it goes out there and I will watch it I do I, I mean with that much stuff taken out I do think there's a there's a risk of finding the balance like I think the balance in this movie is surprisingly good for like it, it feels like a slow burn but it's not a long movie um, and I think that like they've got that you know they've nailed that down really really well my concern is when you add an extra hour and 15 minutes in um, it's weird to we build that so if it's more like really grounding the idea of of Martin as like this you know we spend a lot more time trying to, you know, break the psyche of Martin. Then I think it's an interesting, like, exercise. If it's just like scenes of um, you know, elongated scenes of murder or stuff like that, I don't know what that necessarily brings. So I'm super curious though, because it's all black and white as well. It's a black and white extended cut of the movie, which to me, like you mentioned, extended cut of movie, black and white, my dick gets hard, and that's just the way. I'm, <laughs> it's just the way I'm wired, Mark, and I don't apologise to anyone about it. Um, <laughs> will never never do that I only except nudes tastefully lit and in black and white so i'm just letting the listeners <laughs> um but yeah I, I, I think the thing about this one is it feels i think a lot of people rightly will say you know like a movie like dawn of the dead is kind of peak romero it's romero flicks and and like with you know with all the things that we associate with him as a great director with something to say a medium to do it and kind of pushing the boundaries of how films are just constructed and delivered and being like super super smart but not being obnoxiously smart about how he's doing it and like to me martin has all that in there it's just like i said before it's he's slightly harder sell but if you give it the time um i think there is so much so much to glean from this that you will literally be in a position where you are you know like this to me is one of my favorite movies about vamp or vampire v vampirism movies serial killer movies i always go back to martin because i was talking about its influence like i'm currently at the moment going through the whole um the whole dexter tv show the new season that's out which is fucking excellent at the moment but i was thinking about even how dexter kills someone you know arrives with the syringe and checks like all this stuff i was like all right uh, that like just the the way he stalks people with these and i'm and like specifically this week after watching martin i was like i mean like someone had to have seen like jeff Lindsay when they wrote those books had to have been thinking martin because i can't think right. of many I can't think of many movies before this where the killer, as part of his serial killing MO, is inject someone to incapacitate them and then do whatever they do to them. I just can't remember that being a thing. So, um, yeah, I, I like there's, I'm like, I, I was so happy to return to this. I'm with you. I think if you were doing like, um, like the Oscars of the tier three list, uh, you know, like Martin's definitely in contention for for an oscar like you know what i mean in terms of of quality um it's it's up there you know it's up there in the same breath that i would use like uh like a, a title like suspiria on this list uh, they're they all occupy that same bubble so it's kind of fucking amazing and i can't wait to to have a new version of it a new shiny version that can sit in shrink wrap for three years before i get around to watching it but <laughs> them's the breaks uh let's talk about grades for this one i'm super curious to see where you land what would you give martin oh man i mean 
it's not easy this one because it doesn't no. it's not there it's not overt in any way and it's not like even particularly all that violent either uh, or graphic I, but i think you're yeah you really really got to put yourself in the shoes of a sensor in the 80s and like consider that like this was pretty groundbreaking for its time. They probably had not seen. I mean, like, we we rattled off like a hand, at least a handful of movies that kind of borrowed from this and explore similar ideas. But I don't think there was a whole, a whole lot like this when it came out. And there is like a, like I said earlier in the show, this movie is like there. There is a huge like amount of like sexual tension in this movie. And it doesn't ever really play out in like a gross, icky way, but it's definitely there just lurking right beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, people refer to the the scene on the train where where we first see Martin, like, you know, splitting the girl's wrists and the blood just like basically money shots all over his chest. And it's just like, I, I see what you're doing here, George. There's, <laughs> there's, there's sexual undertones to this movie. And like, like also we said earlier in the show, the sexual violence freaks the fucking censors the fuck out. But I mean, that aside, like this, this is, is going to go and go in, in my, in my subcategory of this movies of this belongs in a fucking museum. Uh, this is, this is like, if this had had, if this had had better distribution and if the academy wasn't so like up its own ass yeah. and like hated fucking horror movies at the time like i think this is like like if you put martin out nowadays it, it would be it would get some fucking oscar nominations i think because i think it just explores like really interesting ideas that not a lot of other movies do and it's just done so incredibly fucking well and it's just like a, such a great showcase of like i said like how great of an editor and photographer and director george was um so i'm i'm probably gonna case dismiss this one they're like especially compared to the other movie oh, that God, we talked yeah. about on the show <laughs> this is fucking tame as hell like this is there's there's a tiny little bit of nudity we get we get the the dawn of the dead 3m blood paint that doesn't look terribly realistic and a lot of the everything else about this that's kind of like spooky and creepy is like purely psychological and like you really have to kind of put your put put your thinking cap on a little about it a little bit so yeah i'm i'm a fucking case dismiss this guy yeah i'm 100 percent with you uh, I, I there's no way in any way shape or form i could i could hit this with anything other than like a massive thumbs up for me and a huge recommend um yeah it's amazing and if you've never seen it before watch it or hold off for that release um, because if you give second sight your money and buy it that it means they can do more of these transfers and that Dawn of the Dead disc set they put out is fucking nuts. So, yeah, um, I look forward to everyone next year telling me how great Martin is and have I seen it. <laughs> um, right, we're going to take our final break of this episode. When we return, we will be bidding you adieu for this year, but also telling you what January's episode brings up. Oh my God, what a double bill this will be. Uh, you'll be finding out what that is right after this. This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, legionpodcasts.com, the Psychosemantic Podcast. And you've been listening to Doing the Nasty Podcast. This has been season number two, episode number 
24. That's right, we have finished our second year by giving you reviews of Escape from Hell um, and Martin as well. Now, Mark, in one month's time, we shall return in a brand new year, the year 2022. And we will be tackling straight away as our as our two movies, a mediocre slasher movie um, and a absolutely bonkers, I can't wait to talk about it because I've not seen it in years, a supernatural movie. So let's let's give the people out there some knowledge as to what those are. So the the first movie we'll be discussing, which I class as a mediocre slasher movie just because it is so long, it is almost two hours long, uh, it's Happy Birthday to Me from 1981. Uh, which I have seen many, many years ago. I've kind of forgotten some of it, but uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting one to revisit. Yes, yes. So that's the first one. The second one. Oh, yes. Now we're talking. Um, is Mausoleum from 1983, which is... Oh, my God. <laughs> it's absolutely fucking bonkers. So... Dude, I, I fucking love Mausoleum. That yep. was a blind buy during one of... Uh, vinegar syndrome's uh, black friday sales you can still get the the uh the blu-ray of this from vinegar syndrome nice. fairly cheap i think it's like i think it's like 15 bucks or something uh yeah if, if you're into stuff like uh <laughs> like mad foxes and <laughs> massacre mafia style uh mausoleum is gonna be another one that's like way up there i yeah. cannot fucking wait to talk about that movie it is a ton of fun and i'm really looking forward to it so that's what we're going to be kicking off the new year with happy birthday to me from 1981 and mausoleum from 1983 um the director of mausoleum interestingly enough only ever made four movies and all the titles are absolutely amazing so his first movie 75 called super seal um as an s-e-a-l which makes me think of the singer like, so Kiss like, by a rose. Yeah, but imagine I'm dressed like Superman. That's a music for <laughs> uh, Mausoleum made in 1983. And 1999, so big gap in between movies, he did a movie called Raging Hormones. And then... <laughs> he did, Which is kind of how, a way you could describe Mausoleum. Oh, 100%. And then he did a TV miniseries in 2015 called The Adventures of Turkey Dude. Uh, okay <laughs> turkey dude huh all right uh, um, i don't know what the fuck that is but uh there's yeah, literally uh, no information on if this. It, uh, out with, oh sorry gene snitsky who was a wwe wrestler plays turkey did oh I, i'm not i'm not so, <laughs> we might have to track this one down and sneak it in on a bonus episode oh, or a, something it sounds YouTube, weird as fuck. It's, a, it's a youtube series it's a comedy oh, okay. YouTube well. series. I, I, so yeah, it'll be on YouTube. So we'll be able to find it there. Uh, so that's our, that's, that's our two there. Um, Mark, before we, we bid farewell to our listeners, uh, and we should just say just now, we hope you have a phenomenal Christmas holiday or whatever it is that you do uh, during the end of December and into a brand new year. Also a phenomenal new year as well. Um, uh, where can people check out your stuff online, buddy? Uh, find, find me on the Twitter. That's where I'm most active. That's at <clears throat> at the fancy mark. Uh, same with the Instagrams. Uh, it's Instagram. It's, it gets weirder and shittier the fucking more that I look at it. I got some weird notification on there not too long ago because it was the first time I'd logged in in a while. It was like, did you know that your privacy settings are set up so that people can link your your instagram posts on other websites and i'm like yeah that's what that's what a screenshot is called you fucking idiots and that's how it's always been and your dumb little privacy settings aren't gonna fix that but uh anyway i digress i, I am on the instagram i'm gonna try and 
do I, I did barely any photography stuff this year, which I kind of feel a little bit bad about, but hopefully I'll get back into that a little bit more in 2022. Uh, find me on Letterboxd. I'm always reviewing shit over there. Those are nice little bite-sized reviews. I'm not one of these guys that like types of fucking novel about <laughs> which, which if you do i'm not talking shit like god bless you you're you're giving people you know you're giving like some people i know like the big long reviews but yeah. I, I i don't i don't particularly like writing them i would much rather come on a podcast and talk about that shit but mm-hmm. uh yeah i'm on, I'm, on, I'm on the letterbox it's fancy space mark i'm pretty sure uh i think that's about it as far as podcast stuff goes uh we are i'm we're gonna try and squeeze in one more of the uh, Psycho Semantic cast uh, sideshows where we talk about comic book movies, nice. and we 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 have abandoned the idea of trying to do all of the Marvel movies like in order with like jumping back and forth like every other episode. We're we're basically just going to do whatever we want. We're going to end the year on the fucking 2012 uh, masterpiece fucking dread. And uh, nice. I read a read, read a bunch of Judge Dread comics, kind of in prep for that. Uh, there, there's a great they're great documentary. It's on Tubi. I think it's on YouTube also called Future Shock, the story of 2000 AD. Yeah, Arrow put out, um, if you're looking for the Blu-ray, uh, Arrow video put out a couple of years ago. So um, nice. I'm still to watch uh, it. I'm still to watch it, but I will get it. Uh, it's fascinating. It. You're, you're going to love it. 2000 AD was like the... Uh, the the punk rock older brother to marvel and dc and the uh 2000 ad's apparently been around since like the fucking late 70s they've been cranking out like judge dread and all oh, these yeah, other ba- fucking... like baz baz does podcast on the stairs with me huge fucking fan like huge yeah. fan like um like the, the lesser known fact the uh, unless you watch a documentary where they maybe mention on there the uh, you know the the, the city in Dread is actually based on a highly deprived area of Scotland. So, there you go. <laughs> and they, they, they totally name drop uh, Mary Whitehouse in that in that documentary because apparently she fucking hated those books back oh, in the 80s too. And everything. it was like, yeah, she hated everything. But yeah, she really hated fucking 2008. You just know for a fact she was a filthy bitch behind closed doors that like getting pissed off. No. You just absolutely it. yeah her, her her and trump like claiming to be the, the 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 moral right but yeah you know you know they're into fucking some again not not the kink shame you no, know no. You, do, 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 you. do do what folks at home do do what you like as long as it's consensual and everybody's you know no nobody's getting hurt or whatever yeah. but uh yeah that is also kind of the point of this particular show is to kind of poke holes in their uh, their, their moral fucking mm-hmm. brick wall that they try and put up around mm-hmm. uh, some of you know some of the worst fucking movies you've ever seen and some of the best movies that you've ever seen. So, um, but anyway, yeah, that, that dread show should be out hopefully before the end of the year. We're definitely gonna try and record that before the year is out. But uh, other than that, yeah, this is uh, probably the second to last podcast for uh, 2021, and it's it, it, it it's been a great year. I, I feel like. Of what you know, we've watched a lot of fucking trash for this show throughout the year. But you know, like I said on the last episode, I will watch ten fucking awful women prison movies or fucking whatever if I if I can get one Mad Foxes in there. Yeah. Which I, I think yeah. Mad Foxes is probably my favorite thing that we did on this this oh, year's so episode. I, I I had to look back and my, my Massacre Mafia style was last year, so this year Mad Foxes is kind of the standout. If you, if you only track down one movie that you haven't seen yeah. from this year's <laughs> list. Make it Mad Foxes. 
100%. Well, listeners, uh, enjoy yourselves. Take care of yourselves. Have a great time. We will be back with you in 2022. Uh, for Mark Ball and myself, uh, this is Doing the Nasty Podcast signing off. They were called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect dogs as well. An extravaganza of gory violence capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have never seen a video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.